0: Stand by for launching. It's Zoom with three new flavors. And free picture cards. Start collecting famous aircraft. There's a free card with every Zoom. On sale now.
1: Kevin Markwick.
2: Ooh. <laughs>
3: for the weekend which is just gone so that was really well picked out kev divine comedy from the 1998 album casanova okay here we go again welcome along kevin markwick here for another two hours of uh, old guff somebody can define the show I can't thank you to Adrian for two hours of that soul loveliness and in a packed show tonight music from the Pixies Iris, Eels XTC Tom Waits Even Leo Sayer. Yeah. Film music from Trent Reznor, uh, John Williams, Ron Goodwin, and Angela Morley. We stop in on April 1971 to see what the people of Upfield were watching at the cinema. It's quite interesting, actually. Quite a lot of Disney... But some top drawer hammer horror as well. So, settle back in your fur lined coffin, pour yourself some uh, Rhesus Negative, and enjoy the show, please. Here's Lucius. Lucius, Uh, turn it around from the recent release debut album, uh, Wild Woman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Now, so, can you uh, get in touch with the show? Will you get in touch with the show? Please get in touch with the show. It's easy to do. Uh, You can hit me up on um, Facebook at The Kevin Markwick Show, go and have a look at the page there and uh, leave a message, tell me what you think. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Kevin Markwick, that's always a good way. Uh, interact with the show and me there. Um, scream for me to get off the air, do whatever it is that you like. Uh, or you can go to the website, you can interact, uh, click on the webcam thing, www.uckfieldfm.co.uk. you can even email the studio. There are many, many ways to get in touch and uh, if you're listening to the podcast uh, like I know a lot of you did last week then uh, please uh, get in touch during the week just because it's uh, not we're not on the air doesn't mean that uh, I'm not available for comment if you see what I mean. Uh, so what are we going to do next? We're going to have some more music. Uh, this is uh, Pixies. Pixies. Greens and Blues from EP2 uh, The follow-up to EP1 Strangely enough uh, And then there was EP3 So why the hell not There will be an album actually Containing uh, all the material From the three EPs released over the last six months On uh, April the 28th Under the name of Indie City uh, Okay, so we're going to have a break now And when we come back with some Arc Iris
2: Earthfield.
4: Love falls gently from the sky in bundles so, so sweet. Money lurks inside the soil pressed beneath our feet. Why dig up that wily stuff when all is bred to do? Sully all the pretty boys and girls that love me, too. Foiled again would be my plans to the oven. Of bundled goods from Cupid's tender trees. I'd surely twist those precious goods into a shivering trance. And round and round with wicked tricks, the lovers he would dance. Dance me round, she cried to him. I'll waltz you till you love me. I'll watch her fly. The shadow trains Holding their sweet confusions Love has no place in a dreary world Obsessed with shiny things Just unfantastic fantastic happenings Not approved by Cupid's rings Follow me to a place so free Of all these impish deeds From glen to glen to city bend From folly we will see
3: Gnomes uh, from Arc Iris. A bit of the sort of country-fied Joanna Newsome about that, I would have thought. Um, not that that's a bad thing in any way. From the uh, debut LP entitled Music that came out on Bella, Bella Union earlier this month... Um, Archiris is the band of former low anthem member uh, josie adams she's playing on uh, may the 9th and 10th as part of the great escape festival in brighton so that's a good opportunity to go and see her other than that i don't think she's playing any dates around here which is a shame but uh there you go kind of it always here's eels it's wonderful stuff Eels The Mistakes of My Youth that's actually from the upcoming LP The Cautionary Tale of Mark Oliver Everett um, which is going to be great backed by uh, an extensive world tour actually they are on the road uh, and they're playing the Delaware Pavilion in Beck's Hill of all places which seems to be a bit up and coming as a, uh, um, a gig venue they're getting better better and better bands there um, and that's on June the 19th which is annoying because that's the i can't make it so um but there i had a look last night and there are tickets still available so uh you should really go and have a look now uh we've got one more track now and then uh we kind of move into the film stuff uh which is actually quite interesting all sorts of weird stuff this week so um this is uh archie bronson outfit uh and then we'll have a break and then the film stuff okay (laughs) Bronson outfit. We are floating from the LP Wild Crush released on the 19th of May. Okay, let's have a break, and when we come back, oh, all sorts of filmy stuff will be going on. You're listening to Kevin Markwick on Uckfield FM and it's time for the film bit of the show which generally lasts an hour, might be a bit less tonight, depends how much wittering on I do, Uh, which isn't always reliable, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Now, uh, the the famous abortive show number one, where the mouse stopped working and I was forced to abandon, one of the tracks I played, and I didn't put that out actually for podcasts, so unless you heard it on the night hello, are you out there, then um, you won't have heard me play uh, this rather lovely track called Howl from uh, Yasmin Hamdan. Um, She's from the Lebanon, and she actually appears singing this song in uh, Jim Jarmusch's recent rather wonderful uh, atmospheric um, vampire flick, Only Lovers Left Alive. So have a listen to this. Let me know what you think.
1: The end
3: Yasmin Hamdan, a uh, piece of music called Hal, as used in uh, Jim Jarmusch's film Only Lovers Left Alive, which uh, is to be highly recommended. Tilda Swinton, as usual, is quite brilliant. Um, it's kind of disappearing from theatres now, so probably next stop, Doovde, or Blu-ray. But um, it's it's really worth really worth looking out for. Now, actually, talking of Blu-rays, I finally... Um, Broke out the Blu-ray I bought of Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon a few weeks ago. Um, so I thought I'd play some music from that. Like any any true piece of art, it actually really has aged magnificently. Um, it was treated rather indifferently on its release in 1975, but it has been rehabilitated uh, somewhat in recent years as something of a masterpiece. You can admire the film for many reasons. It's rather pragmatic... Um, Narrative style, where most of the events are described by the narrator before we get to see them, or for its technical innovations, not least the use of NASA engineered lenses capable of shooting in next to no light conditions, enabling Kubrick to stage authentic nighttime scenes lit actually only by candlelight, extraordinary, because, you know, there would have been obviously, stating the obvious here, no um, electric light at the time. Uh, and it, 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 cause it means everyone's kind of huddled together in, in the nighttime scenes inside these houses, and it just looks extraordinary. Um, and the painterly uh, look of the landscapes that invoke Hogarth and Gainsborough, it was actually based on the 1844 novel The Luck of Barry Lyndon by William Makepeace Thackeray. Uh, it's the woeful tale of Redmond Barry, a man who seems to stumble through life seeking a title and a fortune he barely deserves something that resonates with the modern instant gratification X-factor world we now find ourselves in, I think. Uh, That's what struck me. If you've never seen it, seek it out, and if you wrote it off all those years ago, I would urge you to go and have another look. If nothing else, you can listen to the glorious range of music Kubrick uses, including this piece by Irish composer uh, Sean O'Ryder and played by the Chieftains called Women of Ireland. That's the Chieftains, uh, from the soundtrack of Barry Lyndon. It's called Women of Ireland. Now, I notice we've been giving uh, old John Williams a bit of disrespect on this show in the past. I have been a bit unkind about him, haven't I? So, to redress the balance, here's one of his greatest scores. This is uh, Schindler's List from 1993. theme from Schindler's List. Uh, it still retains an enormous amount of power, doesn't it? Uh, Pinkas Zuckerman, of course, on the violin. Do you think it might have been a wee bit too sentimental? Is it sentimental? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying it is. I'm just 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 positing a theory here that uh, given the uh, traumatic subject matter, I don't know. It's a tricky one, that one. Uh, let's, I'll tell you what, uh, let's have a break and then... Um, When we come back, we'll have a totally different kind of score. Kevin Markwick. Ron Goodwin's unforgettable music for the big-budget MGM 1968 war film Where Eagles Dare with Richard Burton and Clint Eastwood. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I saw that when I was a kid. This is one of the great things about growing up in a cinema. If you really loved a film, you could watch it twice a day for an entire week or, in the case of Where Eagles Dare, two weeks every day. Twice a day. Oh, it was just heaven. Uh, And it's the film that, if nothing else, immortalised the phrase... Broadsword Calling Danny Boy, which you still hear people quoting to this day. Where Eagles was, of course, based on the Alistair MacLean book. Uh, as it seems most films were back then. One you don't see very often these days was the rather splendid When Eight Bells Toll, uh, another one of my childhood favourites. Um, this was the one attempt to turn Anthony Hopkins into an action hero uh, all the way back in 1971. Uh, and it contained this uh, very, very kind of time capsule spy-based, thrillery score by Angela Morley. Yeah! Great stuff, that is. Um, Anthony Hopkins, Jack Hawkins, when he did his throat operation by that point, so he was kind of speaking. I don't know, like, um, (laughs) I completely made that up, didn't I? He didn't do that at all. It was, he was, (laughs) he was voiced by somebody else entirely. What am I channeling there? I don't know, Alan Partridge, I think. Um, no, it was Charles Grey quite often voiced him. I think it may have been Charles Grey in uh, When Eight Bells Toll uh, that voiced Jack Hawkins. Robert Morley was in it, Nathalie Delon, and there were helicopters. And it all looked so chilly because it was set on this kind of remote Scottish island and there was smuggling and all sorts of stuff going on. But, ah, oh, what tremendous fun. What what absolute uh, uh, time capsule of a score as well. OK, so, right, are you ready? Tie up your yeah, time pants. It's uh, off to 1971 again.
5: Why
0: is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? You, you see, we can move in the other three. As the doctor said, up, down, forwards, backwards, sideways. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners.
6: Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads?
0: Well, we're going, we don't need roads. You it! You blew it up!
2: Oh, damn you! God!
7: Damn you all the hell! Must be some kind of
3: hot tub machine. So here we are then in April 1971. This is what the people of Upfield were up to. I, well, who knows? Edward Heath is Prime Minister. Yeah, whatever. And uh, he won the Admiral's Cup, actually, while he was Prime Minister. Why did he need to go on a boat race very odd spaghetti junction opened apparently and day of the Jacker was published i just looked this stuff up to give you some context okay um what were the people of upfield going to see in april 1971 well as it turns out we had a very successful easter holiday period um sunday april the fourth for two days was a classic hammer double bill well when i say classic One of them was, the other is long forgotten. Uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula and Crescendo. Crescendo was a rather strange psychological thriller of the type that Hammer did from time to time, with a big cast of actors and a couple of Americans thrown in. Uh, This time it was um, Stephanie Powers. You know, um, what's her name? When they got together, it was minor. Uh From, yeah, what was that show called? Can't remember. Anyway, as a student, uh, she goes to this remote house in the south of France to do a thesis on a dead composer, and inevitably things descend into madness and terrible acting. Um, There's it, it, a few British people in it. Jane Lapater. a very strange performance from her, and Joss Ackland. Uh, the feature, however, see, feature, second feature. Do you all know what that means? feature was the main film second feature was the was the was the less important film that played before it and a double feature was two important films yeah see yeah Um, so anyway the feature was one of Hammer's actual better efforts feel
8: the cold grip of his presence sense the clammy excitement of his evil taste the sharp fear that he alone can bring
0: Dracula's blood.
9: This way, gentlemen. We know the way.
8: These men thought they had tasted all that life had to offer.
5: Do when you are a gentleman
9: would you be willing to sell your souls to the devil if one thought that one's experience might be extended it would be extended
3: to infinity there's someone there
8: Dracula is back to choose his human victims Alice
6: who are you how do you know my name
8: Dracula is back to select his companions in darkness. Who must die that he may live. If you shock easily, stay away. She's neither dead nor alive.
6: Lucy! 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 listen
7: to The marks
3: the Oh, that's great stuff, isn't it? The trailer from Taste the Blood of Dracula. Uh, The previous Hammer Dracula sequel, uh, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, was so bad, Christopher Lee actually refused to say any of the lines. Uh, Hence the Prince of Darkness not actually speaking. You should have a look. Just watch five minutes. He just wanders around the film looking and uh, going all weird and then biting people and then moving on. He doesn't actually say anything because he was so disgusted with the script and so tired of doing the part that he just just, uh, I think the money in the end was good, so he just wandered around the set. Uh, However, after much argy-bargy and assurances, and presumably more money, uh, this one went ahead in 1970, and it actually turned out okay. Uh, A good script by director Anthony Hines, and good performances from the old boys like Geoffrey Keane as one of the gentlemen out for a different kind of excitement. Or Linda Hayden as the daughter caught in Dracula's bloody gaze, made for probably the last decent hammer, Dracula. Uh, Better anyway than the... um, Subsequent one, Dracula, A. D. nineteen seventy two, where he was hiding as <laughs> oh, no, Doctor Alucard. Oh, Doctor Alucard. Oh, I don't know. It was ridiculous anyway. Um, so uh, it also, Taste the Blood of Dracula, had one of the um, better scores by James Bernard, and this is this is rather lovely actually. This is the love theme from Taste the Blood of Dracula. James Bernard's uh, unlikely love theme from the uh, Hammer film Taste the Blood of Dracula which 246 people saw, uh, they saw the double bill over the two days and most of those on Sunday of course uh, Tuesday for five days was another oldie but goldie, uh, the Jungle Book now remember this was a time before video and TV um, no it wasn't, it wasn't a time for video and TV, that's ridiculous, what I mean was they didn't show uh, Disney features, in fact they showed uh, a lot fewer films and you certainly couldn't buy them or rent them uh, in fact they were reissued r- regularly, way into the late 80s actually Um, and even though it was released I think 1967 we were still playing it in 1971 and still taking a lot of money with it Um, and it needs no explanation really, it was the last animated feature overseen by Walt himself before he died in 1966 it was the perfect fusion of songs, comedy, wonderful animation and if Snow White was Disney's greatest achievement then Jungle Book was their biggest crowd pleaser Uh, we were always playing it um, And it didn't let us down this time. 1,375 admissions in five days, with an enormous, or quite big, anyway, Good Friday, 439 admissions. It would be the obvious thing to play one of the famous songs, but instead, I'm going to play part of the underrated uh, score by George Bruns. Uh, This is the opening credits, and it's lovely. of George Brunn's score for um, The Jungle Book uh, in 1967 which we were playing in April 1971 still and that's what we're doing uh, we're having a look back at uh, the whole of April 1971, what the people of Upfield were watching at the cinema um, and uh, let's have a look, See, so Sunday April the 11th now, remember, no two Sundays the same in those days. Uh, I've explained this before, that uh, we never played two Sundays the same because it was the busiest day of the week and you didn't want the same film on two Sundays in a row. Uh, this was... I mean, if you think about it, it's logical. There was nothing else to do. And the uh, teenagers particularly would come to the cinema en masse because, quite honestly, there was there really wasn't anything else going on. So... Um, Anyway, what were we showing on that Sunday, April the 11th? Uh, it was a rather indifferent 1966 mm-hmm. remake of uh, Beaugest with Guy Stockwell and Doug McClure, of all people. How did he get away with it? And actually, the second feature was quite interesting. It was called Captain Sinbad. Now, uh, obviously, they didn't own the rights to Sinbad because they spelt it S I N D B A D. And that was made way back in like, 1963 with um, Guy Williams. The interesting thing about it was the plot. He could reuse it, actually. It was this evil wazir that couldn't... um, You couldn't kill him, even if you put a sword through him, because it turned out his heart was at the top of this tower, um, and the only way to kill him was to go and drive a sword through his heart. So Sinbad and his crew had to climb all the way up this tower fighting all manner of monsters and the evil things to get to this uh yeah i, I remember enjoying it as a kid uh whether it would stand up today or not i don't know it's difficult to say uh anyway um it was back to the big business from monday it was another old disney film that played endlessly the love bug the uh, tale of the lovable Volkswagen Beetle Herbie who wins the heart of the slightly grumpy racing driver Jim Douglas, played by uh, Disney Mainstay Dean Jones, a star of such classics as uh, The Ugly Dachshund, uh, That Darn Cat, and, of course, The Million Dollar Duck. Um, It's the supporting cast that make the fun here, though. Buddy Hackett as Douglas's sidekick, Tennessee Steinmetz, a sort of hippie guru mechanic, and the wonderful David Tomlinson as Peter Thorndike, the sleazy rival on and off the track who drives uh, the sleek Thorndike special. This was a time when Disney made live-action films for families, uh, a market sorely underser- underserved these days, I think. Um, some casual racism and a complete misunderstanding of the prevailing youth culture let, down, let it down a bit, but I'm sure most of you remember it have very fond memories. Um, not least another score for Disney by the dependable George Bruns. <laughs> listening to kevin markwick we're looking back at uh, april 1971 what the people were going to see at my cinema the picture house in uckfield uh, over that whole april period and a good period it was too um we just heard before the break the music uh, from the love bug which coupled up with disney's rather wonderful animated short wind in the willows Amortica. Uh, The programme took a stonking £424 in six days. That was 1,847 admissions. And another good week followed with an even older Disney film. Incredible, really. Um, The Sunday was a rather silly spy thriller, The Liquidator, a sort of spoof bond with Rod Taylor. Uh, 197 admissions on the Sunday. Then Monday for six days, Pinocchio, made in 1940. It was already 30 years old. It did great business and would continue to do so, actually, like I've said before, well into the 80s. Do you think they sold the family silver a bit? I don't know. No, nah, perhaps not. Anyway, 1,473 admissions in six days, £309. What's that? About 90p in admission, I think. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, again, it would be boring to play uh, When You Wish Upon a Star or one of those. So here, actually, is um, some of the underscore. Uh, Lee Harline uh, wrote the music, which is less well-known, but equally as evocative, and this cue's called uh, Little Wooden Head. to bed don't they they all snuggle up um little wooden head part of lee harline's score for pinocchio in 1940 uh, which was still doing stonking business at my cinema in Uckfield in 1971 Uh, it's one of my favorite disney animated features and arguably one of the most beautifully ever drawn april went out with a bang oh yes it did dad's army the feature film version of the popular tv show was a huge hit which whilst good news at the time it did actually herald in the the start of the TV spin-off, which would blight British cinema for the next 15 years, um, where every single crappy half-hour sitcom got a feature film version, which we had to endure because the British film industry had no other um, imagination to come up with anything else, really, uh, apart from the odd Nick Rogue film. Um, few of the uh, subsequent spin-off films from TV were the quality, actually, of Dad's Army, although the American financiers did monkey, uh, they were Columbia, wasn't it? Yeah, they did monkey with a few things, including recasting Mavis Pike as uh, sex pot Liz Fraser. Uh, In general, it benefited from the larger budget. A superb 2,190 admissions in seven days, including 643 on Saturday. Uh, We had 300 seats at the time, so it must have filled up twice um, and a bit. 540 £44.70p in a week, that is. Uh, I can't find any trailers or online clips or anything, so uh, I'll just have to play you this.
9: Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler, if you think we're on the run? the boys who will stop your little game We are the boys who will make you think again Cause who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler If you think old England's done Mr. Brown goes off to turn on the A21 But he comes home each evening and he's ready gun so watch out mr hitler you have met you're in us if you think you can crush us we're afraid you've missed the bus cause who do you think you are kidding mr hitler if you think we're on the run We are the boys who will stop your little game. We are the boys who will make you think again. Cause who do you think you are kidding Mr. Hitler?
3: There you go. Dad's Army, the massive hit uh, at the end of April 1971, which concludes our visit. And then next week we will uh, have some other month from, well, well, we'll do April, I think, but we'll do it from another year. Any suggestions? Uh, get in touch at Kevin Markwick on Twitter Uh, you can get me on the Facebook page The Kevin Markwick Show Uh, email the studio at outfieldfm.co.uk any way you like interact live and online or whatever I don't know Um, here's something else from 1971 just to kind of change the mood back into the musicy part of the show again the levee breaks we're going to have to uh, cut you off in your um, betrousered be tight trousered prime I'm afraid with your sock down it from uh, LedZep4 of course ok I have to have a break now
1: in Marquick.
3: rose and her rather splendid cover of the arctic monkeys pile driver waltz okay motoring along now because we're running out of time here's the national
8: That I look taller But I can't get my head around it I keep feeling smaller and smaller To the garden You got out and said I'm sorry To the vines No one saw I know I was a lot of things, but I am good, I am grounded. David says that I look taller, but I can't get my head around it. I keep feeling small and small. I should never Laugh about In front of family I try to call you From the party It's full of punks And cannonballers I Need my girl I Need my girl I'm under the gun again 45% 45% of them I know I was a lot of things But I am good and I am grounded David says that I look taller, But I can't get my head around it I keep feeling small and small Smaller and smaller
3: National. I need my girl from the uh, 2013 album Trouble Will Find Me, which is just selling and selling and selling and selling. Okay, uh, where are we going now? Oh, back to 1983. Farm Boy's Wages, XTC, from Mama in 1983. And now, just because it's my show and I can, here's Hank Williams.
0: I have the invitation that you sent me You wanted me to see you change your name couldn't stand to see you wed another But dear, I hope you're happy just the same Wedding bells are ringing in the chapel That should be ringing now for you and me down the aisle with someone else, you're walking. Those wedding bells will never ring for me. I planned a little cottage in the valley. I even bought a little band of gold. I thought someday I place it on your finger, but now the future looks so dark and cold, wedding bells are ringing in the chapel, I hear the children laughing now with glee. At home alone I hang my head in sorrow For wedding bells will never ring for me I fancy that I see a bunch of roses A blossom from an orange tree in your hair While the organ plays, I love you truly Please let me pretend that I am there Wedding bells are ringing in the chapel Ever since the day you set me free I knew someday that you would wear another. But wedding bells will never ring for me. Ah,
3: from 1949 Wedding Bells, Hank Williams. Now, um, it's a sure sign of getting older that nostalgia kind of grips you and uh, maybe it paralyzes you. I don't know. But, um,. It occurred to me the other day that when I was a a small child, about 12 years old, I had one of these K-Tel albums. Do you remember those? They were the uh, forerunner of the now-that's-what-I-call-a-load-of-old-Tosh 64. Uh, And they packed an enormous number of records onto two sides of an LP. Um... I can't remember how much they were. I don't know. I think they were quite cheap, but they were—they were. In fact, the quality wasn't always great because the the, the uh, modulations of the tracks were so close together, and they'd squeeze so many tracks on. Anyway, it occurred to me that a lot of. Um Uh, a lot of favourite tracks that I have were on this album obviously formative of course so I went onto eBay and I managed to actually get myself a copy Uh, Music Explosion it was called Uh, KTEL TE305 and it was released in uh, 1974 um and this is in perfect condition. Who keeps this stuff? It's extraordinary. It cost me like five pounds or something. And uh, through the post, can is perfectly preserved LP, k LP LP, that I'd had as, as a child and lost track of in the many times I've, I've moved house. And uh, all these tracks like uh, The Drifters, "Kissing in the Back of uh, the Movies, Terry Jack's Season in the Sun, uh, Cat Stevens, Another Saturday Night. Uh, they're really kind of eclectic choices. Sparks, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the both of us, which still gets played on the radio a lot. Uh, the Basity Rollers, Rubettes, which I generally skipped over. Uh, Genesis, I know what I like. Uh, in amongst things like uh, Ronnie Lane, The Poacher, Alvin Stardust, The Pearls, I, don't, I can't say I remember that. Shawaddy Waddy, Elton John. And uh, this one. So i thought I'd play you a track from it. I don't know, for no reason, then uh, just for old times' sake. I just thought it was a, an interesting thing. This is One Man Band, Leo Sayer. Uh, I've not heard this in a long, long time. Mm-hmm.
10: Well everybody knows down Ladbroke like Grove, you have to leap across the street. You can lose your life under a taxi cab, you gotta have eyes in your feet. You find a nice soft corner and you sit right down, take up your guitar and play. But then the lawman comes says move along, so you move along all day. Well, I'm a one-man band Nobody knows nor understands Is there anybody out there wanna Let me hang To my one-man band For three days now I haven't eaten at all My, my, I must be getting so thin Soon my cap won't be large enough To drop a half a crown in So have thou, mister, don't you Look so sad, don't look so well at ease When I can play you when next song you like To cheer up that life you need Oh, I'm a one-man band Stands. Is there anybody out there wanna Let me a hand To my one-man band Nobody sees the minstrel boy As he sings his tale of war Nobody sees him coming Nobody sees him go. So here they mister, don't you Look so sad, don't look so well at ease When I can play you any song you like To cheer up that life you lead well I'm a one man band Nobody knows nor understands Is there anybody out there wanna lend me a hand To my one man band Well I'm a one man band Nobody knows nor understands Is there anybody
3: out I enjoyed that disproportionately <laughs> Leo Sayer, one-man band, which featured on this K-Tel album that Nostalgia drove me to buy on eBay. Uh, as Christine points out, uh, they were cheaper than singles. I don't think it was them that had the ladies on the front, though. That was the Top of the Pops albums, which weren't actually sung by the actual, actual singers. They were kind of fake, the non-union Mexican equivalent. Anyway, break, one more track, then it's over. so that's it it's over thank you very 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 much for listening uh it means an awful lot to me thank you um i'll be back next week who knows with what i make this stuff up (laughs) it's not like there's a plan no there is a plan actually but anyway thank you very much listen to the podcast spread the word ask people to download it and uh, i'll speak to you next week i love you all bye here's peter gabriel